G'day. After a long day on the fire ground, does your down under smell like an Aussie bushfire? Try Manscaped and help tame your outback. Use code DTFF20 for 20% off your next order. And there's free shipping. to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. <coughs> I'm with two fire friends. I have Ash. Oh, hey there. I've got Scott. Hey. And myself, Todd. Perfect. <laughs> That's smooth. Um, tonight, uh, actually news, real quick, based, based off the <laughs> yeah. last one. Uh, so last week we talked about the tragic events out in Nelson with the uh, two police officers who were involved in a uh, avalanche and mm-hmm. one passed away, the other one was in critical condition. In the hospital, uh, we just heard, unfortunately, he passed away yeah. um, in hospital. So now the now two officers. And like we talked about, it's a really small department. So this is, again, going to really affect them. Yeah, right. definitely hitting them pretty hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, so again, our, our thoughts are <clears throat> still with them in yeah. these times. But um, was there any other news? I don't think so. Nothing else really big happened, was there? Oh, well, there's a shooting. Another active shooter in the, <clears throat> in California. Yeah. Um, there was actually a manhunt going on, but I heard just a little while ago before you came that they had found the guy. He was like dead in the van or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, he didn't do it originally. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not yeah. Like MCI though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's ten. There's ten dead, several wounded. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, one of those MCIs. It actually said uh, the police said the well, they were. Um, in like clearing that building, the firefighters were in um, treating the wounded. So I'm assuming they must have a rescue task force. Probably. Uh, well, I mean, it's LA Fire, so yeah, they, they probably definitely would have yeah. Yeah. rescue task force. Yeah, something to think about again, right? When we talk a lot about it, just thinking outside the box. Um, you know, up here in Canada, everybody says, oh, it's never going to happen here, but you know, these events do. Um, a lot of our departments up in Canada are doing rescue task force stuff now. Sure. Um, you know, and ultimately, like, the training's cheap for it. It's mm-hmm. basically mostly scenario-based and stop the bleed and some triaging. Like, if you think about what it really is, if it's an active shooter actively with a threat, there's not a whole lot of, like, you don't have to go, like, um, do a whole schwack of yeah. different training. It's, it's, it's simple triaging and, and various, and, and, um, massive hemorrhage control. Yeah. Because other than that, you're, you're literally doing a quick, quick deal on, 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 the, in the warm zone and get them out of there. Yeah. So, uh, and so the only real cost to the department is is the armor. Yeah. So you need you need armor. I think it's like I want to say it's level four, level three or four armor. So it should stop a rifle round and ballistic helmet. So I'm gonna say to a group of four, it's probably gonna be like ten grand maybe. Mm-hmm. Which ten grand once because yeah, armor expires, but hard armor doesn't expire for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and then you know every each agency can kind of decide how they want to bolster their rescue yep. task force. Like, um, I know a lot of agencies, specifically police agencies that have um, kind of medic trained guys, mm-hmm. uh, they'll get a slightly expanded scope of practice with um, uh, medical as well. And they'll be able to give certain um, anticoagulants and things like that as well. Right. Airway adjuncts. Yeah, but I still think just for a small town, when all you need is that armor. Start simple. Four yeah. guys, like four, four sets of armor yeah. that are on a, probably on the bigger side. You know, one size fits most. Yeah. Ideal, mm-hmm. and then uh, just have guys. It's literally go in, 
put them in a, a quick litter, get them out of there. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty simple. We learned that in our tag actually. Yeah, Just simple carries and then triage. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's jump into some training events. Um, so tonight we'll talk about um, your last uh, training scenario that you guys did. Yeah. And we'll go from there. What's that scenario? Um, okay. Scenario might be happening this week. <laughs> May or may not be. Don't know what scenario is going to be on, but <laughs> um, normally scenario, our scenario is going to be on whatever we trained extensively over the last month or two. So yeah. probably something with searches, probably something with um, um, bending, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we're talking about mine. I, I mentioned mine a little bit yeah. last week in the uh, in the writ um, portion, but uh, just going a little bit deeper into that, um, we did we use a pool our pool building. So we have an outdoor pool. Probably one of the few in the world left with an outdoor pool. <laughs> not in the world. There's actually a couple left, but there's not very many outdoor pools run by cities anymore. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's got a it's got a pretty big building. Um, I want to say it's probably 100 feet long, maybe um, by about 40 feet wide. Yeah. So, but the size of that okay. warehouse or that uh, shop that that burnt down recently for us. Yeah. Not as tall, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same about the same dimensions. footprint. Yeah. Um, so it's all concrete. So, um, kind of what the deal is, there's change rooms, there's, uh, men's and women's change rooms, and then there's like a little back office for the, um, lifeguards and stuff. Right. So, um, originally the plan was going to be to black everybody out with the, turn the bell clavis on backwards to get them blacked out. Mm-hmm. Well, me and one of the other captains went in and we're like, oh, it's like dark in here. <laughs> yeah. There's no real windows in those change rooms. No, in the change rooms. Once you get into the change room proper, it's like, yeah, it's totally dark. We don't, we don't need to black people out, which is good because when you black them out with that balaclava, um, it's not really realistic because you lose, like you can't see the guy's lights flashing mm-hmm. and you can't use a thermal camera. So it was awesome because the guys were able to use a thermal camera to help with the search. Nice. And that's really what I, 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 I like when they get to use their, um, tools. the tools we have, yeah. not being like, oh, uh, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I said they couldn't do was obviously turn their, turn their headlamps on. Because yeah. <laughs> that would really defeat the purpose of it. Because <laughs> I can't smoke up the buildings. I probably could, but um, it would give me a lot of. It's a pretty big building to smoke out. So, mm-hmm. um, so we kind of started off the night, um, turned up in groups of threes. There was uh, about six or seven per team. So my, I had one team, um, Ash had one team. So um, I had six or seven firefighters with me, and then we had like two captains and a command staff with us. So. Um, what we, we first talked about is we, we actually split the team up into threes. And one of the cool things we got, um, one of our guys runs a, um, like a local tire change. Yeah, mobile tire repair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that a fairly common thing? I think it's, uh, I think it's becoming more and more common right now. Yeah. So what's cool about it is he has a, like an air compressor mounted on his trailer for changing tires. So we brought it, I got him to drive down his, uh, his trailer and we ran the airline to our inflatable hose. And we've done this before, and it really works well because it's, you can run a hose, it's lighter than a hose, but it inflates. And mm-hmm. um, so we, we inflated the two and a half, and then ran it to a, to a Y, and then ran two, two, and a, two inch and a half off of it, and inflated that. And it provides like enough pressure that the hose is realistic because it's you know it's still unruly and it, you still you got to go around corners and stuff. So it's not a flat hose, 
Mm-hmm. So flatholes has totally different uh, characteristics. Yeah. yeah. Flatholes gets wedged underneath door frames and stuff that a normal hose wouldn't. So a flathole hose, like when it's just a dead hose, it, it really doesn't react the way a real hose does. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a cross between the two because it's, it's still light because it's only air, it's not water, but it's um, not flat, so it, it doesn't like go around corners fine. Well, yeah. it's, it's way more realistic because having you know that, that darkened environment and your gloves on, be able to feel that hose, especially if you come off it doing a search mm-hmm. and you expect to come back to your partner. It's very yeah. easy to find other <laughs> that flat hose. It's not realistic. Yeah, you're like, what sure. is this? this is okay. So. Um, so that was cool because we got so we got that we did the split um, around two lines in. So um, first search team went in, um, and they did the immediate left turn into the and like I said, it was a women's chamber. Then the next one was the men. So um, we sent two two teams in. And my only real instruction to them because I'm like you know over the years I learned there's so many ways to search. There's like you put your foot into the wall and put your hand up. You use your tool. You do this. You do that. You do all, there's all these search methods. I said you know what the principle is. Cover as much ground as possible and stay close to a wall so you you have a, a frame of reference. Like, that's really the principle. The principle mm-hmm. of the search is, like, you, like you don't have, like, there's always way, and, you know, you've taken a bunch of courses, I've taken a bunch, we've all taken a bunch of courses yeah. on, on these search methods. And, you know, one guy will swear by, this is a method to use, and then the next guy, this is a method to use. Like, okay. Or the principle of it is find the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my only um, kind of instructions to them was, um, again, Try to stay close to a wall for, for your reference point and find the, find the patient. I said, and, and this search is a quick primary search. The mm-hmm. searches they were doing all night. I said, this isn't a methodical secondary search. This is we're searching to the fire. Quick and dirty. Yeah. Because I said, we're trying to get to the fire because that's really where the most danger is. So we're trying to search to the fire and then looking for victims along the way, putting the fire, knocking the, not putting a knock on the fire, and then, then the secondary search could start after it. Um, because we wanted to get in, I said, if we had a, if we had a truck company, mm-hmm. sure, the truck company could be doing a search while the engine company goes in and shoots the fire. Well, your firefighters don't normally have a truck in an engine company. Mm-hmm. Some do. I know some of the bigger ones do, yeah. but realistically, most volunteer agencies don't have a truck in an engine company. They're mm-hmm. kind of a combo deal. So with us, we do, we do fire attack and search as we're going. So that's what the, the plan was for the night. Um, so what I did is I got three people on the line, um, Nozzle operator, um, backup person, and then the captain or senior um, team lead. Yeah. And then we always had one person for both teams at the door as the door control. So we're, and we're really trying to drill that door control in. I think yes. it's really working well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what they did is they went in, they did the search, um, and kind of the way it worked was the nozzle operator was obviously out, out in the lead. Uh, he was sat in the floor with his foot, or he had a, I think one of the, uh, Certain guys grab tools, like I, I let them grab whatever they wanted to, like axes, and you know. And I said, you know, this is a cement floor, like we know it's on ground level cement floor. You don't need to sound it, but for training purposes, let's do a little bit of sounding. So they, you know, they're either using their foot to, to tap, or they were um, using a tool. Um, I just didn't want them to break any of the right. yeah. tiles, so yeah. Um, so they went in and they would search. So the nozzle operator would go first, backup person would go, you know, five six feet behind them. And then the captain was a little bit farther back. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they noticed right away is when you get around the corners, like you start going to those corners for getting into the uh, change rooms, is they start hitting these choke points, these pinch points. Yeah, I guess they're bumping. So they're calling for bump up, which again, I thought was cool because bump up to us, it's a, still a fairly new tactic. It's yeah. only like four, maybe yeah, four, four, four years. Yeah. 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 So they're calling down the line for bump up. And I'm like, you don't have a bump up. It's only three of you. Yes. So 
Um, so they learned pretty quick how rough it is without having someone. So mm-hmm. the captain wanted to come back, feed them hose, yeah. and everybody's kind of working a lot harder. It took them a lot longer to get into these places, right? Because everyone, you know, their dragon hose are trying to get around corners. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing they noticed right away. Um, the captain kind of floated. He floated up and down the line trying to trying to give them direction, but also trying to get, keep the line moving, right? Um, and then when they hit the bigger room, well, now they had, now they had an option. Now, what are they going to do? So they said, I hit this bigger room. And I literally let the captains or the team leads decide because it was, just, you know, this isn't, that again, the principle is find the patient. Yeah. I don't care how you do it. So uh, everybody had different ways to do it. Um, one team, what did one team do? One team, I think, one guy grabbed the nozzle with his right hand, stretched out with his left leg and his left foot and hit the left wall. And then the other guy down the um, line, let's say he was about three or four feet back, he grabbed with his left hand and on the on the line and went out as far out as he can go. So now they're covering like really far. Mm-hmm. And then it just happened that the side of the room that was bigger was on the right hand side. So the captain went down the guy on the right side and he grabbed on his leg and he spread out. Right. So now they want this big line of breath. So they covered probably a twenty foot spread just by going crawling that way. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, one of the team actually they have an interesting idea. They went on an angle with the hose. So they pushed because it was a fairly open room. There was a there was a bench down the middle and part of it, but for the most part it was an open room. So they actually angled the on a, on a horizontal. What is that? Like a diagonal. Yeah. On a diagonal plane, they angled the hose on a diagonal. So the nozzle operator was on a diagonal. And the guy down the line kept the kept the hose on the diagonal. So it's like they're pushing the hose along the ground, so that if the hose hit something, the guy would feel up and find out what they hit. So that was a cool way to do it. So that was an interesting. I've never seen that one before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they use the hose almost like a, like a broom, like it was like sweeping because right. yeah. the, the hose is laid flat, right? Because we talked about using a rescue strap, but sometimes a rescue strap it's so light it just goes over things. You don't even feel sure. it. The hose yeah. bumps into stuff. It's, it's gonna hit it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the trick too. Like a lot of people, I don't like. Again, we've used some of those rescue straps. Uh, then when you get into like large open areas and you start using like a search line things like that, mm-hmm. they're good, but certain techniques you got to use or else you quickly learn it gets tangled up and it's mm-hmm. hard to get back and then you end up missing a little patch mm-hmm. yeah so um our generic searches in our most common buildings versus massive warehouse yeah right yeah. um but also with that it's it's that situational awareness it's like hey well for a big warehouse you know what intel do you have do i need to be searching in the middle of that floor probably not yeah right, right? where are they going to be how many people were in there? Was it a business day? Was it, were they working? Mm-hmm. Was it evening? Yeah. And like he, I kept telling the guys all night, this, this is a primary search. Like I want it quick and dirty. Yeah. Like you're searching while trying to find the seat of the fire. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Primary, yeah. And I said, you know, like, knocking, the, knocking on the fire is going to solve 90% of your problems and we can go back and yeah. figure it out afterwards. Yeah. Like go to your, on your secondary. And and that actually on that point as well, like many years ago, you know, we'd always do the, the okay, you're advancing in as, as your attack crew and you're searching. But there was a lot of emphasis on slowing down your attack and searching methodically yeah. in your primary and going through. And all that's doing is your fire growth is getting worse and worse. Sure we is. need to take the problem away from the people. So yeah. get there as fast mm-hmm. as you can while you're doing this quick and dirty search. Well, one thing I always remind you guys that, like, imagine like this fire breaks out. Most, especially in a home, most homeowners don't like run from the fire right away. What do they first thing they do? They try to grab a glass of water <laughs> or the most the thing they can find the quickest and try yeah. to put that fire out mm-hmm. and that's when they get overwhelmed by the smoke and that's where they fall they fall mm-hmm. near the fire so they, the potential of them being near that fire is higher than i think them being 
away from fire. They're either going to be at the door trying to get out of the door, yeah. or they're going to be probably somewhere close to the fire. Yeah, it's so. going to be close to the fire, in a bedroom, or at the exit points. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, and we're covering that by, by doing these searches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, like I said, once we find the fire, knock it down. Problem goes away. That's yeah. right. We got our vis- visibility back. And, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, the, the two teams did that, and they were on the air the whole time. So it didn't take them very long. We, we were pretty nice in the first um, first round, the, the, the dummies. We had three of them in there. Um, two pretty big ones, like all of them is a, a small uh, child dummy. Um, so those were pretty good. They got out pretty quick. Um, guys all came out, and I just told them to keep the off air. Well, everyone was about half tank. Some guys were a little bit more, some guys were a little less. And then we reset and we did one kind of bigger sim where I'm like, okay, now it's, now you got one hose line. There's three patients inside. You got one hose line. You're doing your search, but you got lots of manpower. Mm-hmm. But the manpower is coming kind of a little like it drips and drabs. Like it's not all at once. So, so you got three guys, you got a, you got a truck to start and, and the, and, and the incident commander here. Mm-hmm. So uh, both, well, first night we had the deputy chief, second night we had the chief. So they stood outside. And those guys don't like standing outside. No. <laughs> they keep coming in. I'm like, get out of here. They're like, what? I'm like, you're not, I'm like, if you come in here again, I'm going to drop you on the ground and you're going to be a writ victim. <laughs> 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 because it's our live fire scene. So yeah. they want to come and see what's going yeah. on. I'm like, get out of here. So I kept kicking them out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I told the old, the, uh, our older chief that he's like, you can give me a middle finger. Anyways, so they're outside and yeah, the scenario is now it starts right at the door. So they had to they had to check the door for heat. They did the whole thing there. It's pushed in. I said the, the smoke level is right like you have to crawl as soon as you get in. Okay. It wasn't really dark, but they still crawled in. Um and then again it was three people in the attack line, door control, and then depending on the group size, it was two or three extra. And almost right away they're like, Bub up! And I'm like, No, the truck's not here yet. They're like, ah so then they had to do a little bit more drag and then, and then truck arrived. I'm like, okay. Your truck here, so like the chief calls. Yeah, you got a guy from bump up, so send a guy down the bump up line. That made the line go a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. They hit the next corner, bump up again. Okay, the next guy going. Mm-hmm. So that really made a much quicker flow. Guys were super fast on that because they were just pushing, pushing hose. Um, it also seemed to make it a little safer because, like, like I think I said last week with the rip, um, more guys were inside, but there was more like eyes on everybody. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times when it's two guys going in. I remember back in the old days, it was always just two guys in the line. Yeah, it was always a two man. Two guys went in, and well, I don't know what's going on with those two guys. No, well, like, it was a lot of work too because you're you're dragging and you're and still even with bump ups, like you're bumping back into a pinch point, feed yeah. feed feed, then yeah. go back up the line, help me up the partner, yeah. and push on. But it, it, it's a lot of work. Like sure. the easiest job is literally the nozzle man because he's not yeah. the one running up and down the line yeah. working yeah. those pinch points, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with these bump up guys, like they, they would just you know they'd get there and they'd sit on a, they'd sit on a corner. And they just feed hopes. <laughs> and then the next guy down the line, he just feed hopes. Yeah. So, yeah, the nozzle, and actually even the backup guy, they both have an easier job now because they can just crawl and yeah. look, for, look for patients. Mm. So it went a lot smoother. Um, and then as they started running the air, um, since the bump-up guys weren't working as hard as the, as the guys in the front looking doing the search, they could they would swap out. And then they'd come out and grab uh, fresh cylinders and... They could cycle back. Right. So it made a little bit more communication too, because then they had to like, okay, 
uh, nozzle operator just ran out of air. What are you gonna do? We're gonna we're all gonna leave? No, we're gonna we have lots of guys on this line now. So the nozzle operator crawls on the line. Next guy crawls up the line, pass them, and then they they he jumps on the nozzle or he jumps on the backup while the backup guy right. runs the nozzle. Right, and a captain in a pinch would feed line as well. So yeah, we're, it really worked well. Um, a couple of takeaways: a one of the patients we put on a um, first one we put in a wheelchair the first night, then the second night we actually put him in a because um, they had a wheelchair there for the uh, pool, yeah. and the second night we actually put him in a roller chair. Okay. Um, and both nights. The guys are smart enough that they were like, wait a minute, this thing's on a wheel. Like, we don't have to drag this patient. We can just wheel him out. So they were, they didn't take him out of the wheelchair. They didn't take him out of the roller chair. They just rolled the chair out. Nice. So, yeah, they used a brain. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was actually really good. Because both guys, both times they did it. Um, so that was cool. Um, communication was key. Lots of, like, if they weren't talking, it was it was starting to fail on. Yeah. Um, as soon as they started communicating again, everything started piecing itself together. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is they were moving stuff. Like there was, we had these big benches in the way, and rather than them kind of getting around it, they're like, "Can we move this stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, <laughs> they threw it out of the way. I'm like, "They're like, they're perfect." And so then they they can mm-hmm. they have lots of room to maneuver. Nice. So they weren't just sitting there like. Ah. So a lot of times, like you're dr- walking like in here right now, we have the, that that thing that kind of table looking thing over there. Right. Yeah. Push that out of the way. You got you got a whole room to go through now, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and, and that's more realistic too. Like you look at, you always look at the aftermath. Once we go in and attack a fire, you've done a primary search and the smoke's clearing. Now you're kind of in your overall stage. Usually you look at that line, whichever the guys took, mm-hmm. whether it's left or right to go yeah. in. It's usually debris everywhere. Like mm-hmm. tables are pushed over, pushed out of the way. Like that's way more realistic because that's what we're going to be doing. Sure. Right. Yeah. If, you're, if your hose line gets caught up on this big heavy coffee table, guess what? We're kicking it out of the way. Yeah. So, nice. Mm-hmm. So that was your mine for two weeks. So yeah. uh, we get yeah. searches for two weeks. Um, yeah. And then what did you do? So we had live fire. <clears throat> it was myself and uh, uh, Rob who comes on here on occasion. Um, so we were up at our original burn building. Yeah. Um, we got the teams to park on uh, the south entrance side. Um, so the layout of that is uh, there's two 40 foots and then there's um, the live fire swede um on the north side of the 140 foot so uh the one task we split our team again so like we split the entire crew in half and then on our on our setup we split them again kind of 50 50. the first week we split them perfectly 50 50. last week here like this this past uh secondary practice there um our split was a little bit off (laughs) So we, we actually had a few extra people came to ours this past week. So we had, I think we probably had six or seven. No, it had to be more than that because there was a team of three and then a team of like five. So that was like, <laughs> when we split, for the, uh, just explaining why mm-hmm. we split. So when we split the first week, I go down the list of names and like, uh, so-and-so, you go with Ash, uh, you come with me and I go down the list. <clears throat> and then I tell them what we're doing. I say, yeah, you know, Ash, Ash and Robert are doing live fire. We're doing building search. Like, oh, that's the second week, I say, if you weren't with me last week, you're with me this week, and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone knows Ash is doing live fire. So guys that weren't there last week are like, mm. oh, I'm and then, and then, oh, yeah, because that's the other thing. Guys say, well, I wasn't here last week. Where should I go? I'm like, ah, oh, you get to choose. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> doing damn well. Yeah, yeah so they're only suddenly the live fire is like stacked. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we definitely were manpower heavy. So which took you longer? Which took us longer, which is funny because yeah, Kevin, he had he had to leave early, and I was like, oh man, like like we were banging it out the first time. We were back about thirty minutes before these guys were. Uh, so Kev is like, which one should I go on? I'm like, I don't know, like pick. And he's like, wow. To be fair, like both of you guys generally run long. We're like, ah, well, yeah. I'm like, but we were faster. So he comes with us, and we were. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, one point, at one point, I come for like I come and watch them after our practice is over. We cleaned up. I come over and watch them finish off their practice. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so he was kind of like, ah. yeah, sorry, Kev. <laughs> so anyway, so we ended up while we're getting the burn uh, going, we're getting everything ready. Um, I'm getting the guys to split up. We had the deputy chief with us this this time so he actually had a little incident at work so he was exterior only he was just going to observe um and uh so we come out and the teams are split and my team on my side has like five or six guys and i'm like all right well we're going to be going in so our task was going to be um gain entry through that that south side door push straight through until they see another door which then they will treat that like every door. So if it's closed, like some of the times I would go in and close it. Sometimes we would leave, leave that door open. Um, and then they would push through that, turn the sharp left, advance down the 40-foot secan towards the seat of the fire. And as soon as they got into that warm room, we wanted them to be doing that wall-ceiling wall, sort of horseshoe, uh, mm-hmm. as they advanced. And we talked about the importance of, uh, you know, disrupting that uh, thermal layer. Um, this is a secan. So... Nothing's going to be on fire behind you. However, in a real life environment, everything around you is flammable. So getting that thermal layer disrupted and pushing it back towards the seat um, keeps you safe, drops that. Um, keeps it cooling. Keeps, keeps it cooling. Um, the survivability for any patient that's going to be in there is going to be a lot higher. Um, and then again, talked about getting down in that clamp position when they're advancing mm-hmm. the hose line. And again, we've got a cement floor but saying, hey, if this is not a secan with a cement floor, if this was, if there was a crawl space or if we were on a second story, um, we want to be, you know, making sure that we're sounding the floor. Uh, if you have a tool, if you're just going to be using your leading foot, uh, just to make sure everything's safe. So nothing crazy technical, just kind of like those back to basics. Um, and once, once they advanced as far as um, we've got a ventilation window kind of, two-thirds of the way down the 40-foot, they were going to hydraulically back out. Yeah. Um, and while our team is doing this, Rob's team was doing some work on a roof prop. So we were both working <clears throat> at the same time. Not not so much together. We, we tried to do it the first week where we were actually, like, timing everything together. And then we were like, ah, you know what? Like, you just run yours. I'll run mine. Mm-hmm. But we'll make sure that we have good comms from the inside out. So while we're going to hydraulically vent, you make sure that your, your team's out of the way. So again, that puts the onus on the interior team to either be good with radio comms or um, like on our first rotation, we, we had enough manpower that they would just yell back. So they had somebody on the nozzle, they had a backup, they had a team lead and somebody at the door. Right. Um, so I think you're only going in 40 feet deep and 10-ish feet wide. Right. So if the most, you're only pushing in 30-ish feet, right? Yeah. So you can yell back to the person behind you way easier than you can key up a radio. Uh, so as soon as they got that out to me, I would peek over 
and you see how venting, Rob would answer back venting, and then I would jump back in and say, yeah, clear, and they would go and vent. And nice. Just a quick vent, but just really hammering <laughs> down like all of those safety points, right? Like I, I really tried to hammer down that this, there's nothing that we're doing here that's advanced. This is like bread and butter, yeah. like push in, hit that seat. Um, every, every time that we hit the first door, it was, you know, glove back if you want to use the back, back of your hand. But we also said, hey, I mean, you've got this cool thing that you're holding in your mm-hmm. hand. Spray it on there. Mm-hmm. And in our burn, burn building, it wasn't quite enough where you could see the ripple effect coming off of the door. Uh, but if you did feel it, you could, hey, there is actually heat because it yeah. is pushing back. Um, so seeing that, making sure that they were positioned on the proper side of the door. So as they open it, um, you, you've got that visual. Um, and then comms again, like chatting while, while this is happening. I'm like, you guys are manpower heavy. So I want to hear every step of the way. Like once you get that second door, um, if it's closed, you're going to have to shout back that there's a door. Um, and then you're going to be, you know, actioning the door and just like you did that exterior door. If that door is open, let's talk about closing it. So let's isolate it. Let's, let's get ourselves, you know, positioned properly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're going to push on through. So they would yell that back out and say, yeah, okay, door closed close copy that so everything's coming out i would know on on the outside and then they would open the door go in and the person at the door every time that they would start flowing water they would yell yell that back to me so flowing water flowing water i mean i, I could hear as soon as they started right. to hit the seat but you can see it jump right and <clears throat> as they're helping feed it um they're feeling that uh, um the jolt of the of the uh, bale opening and closing. Yeah. So they weren't really doing any like major fire suppression because we didn't want to have to build up the fire again. Yeah, right. However, our wood was crazy wet. Yeah, so right. it, it was dark. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was actually like pretty realistic. Actually, Kevin won. was like, I've been in a lot of fires. <laughs> this is like way darker than generally any fire that I've been in. <laughs> yeah. Because he says like, let's be honest. Usually by the time that we get there, like we are a, uh, you know, rural department, um, Unless it's right near the hall and we have a crew there, like we're traveling, you know, many minutes to get out to the fire. Most times, unless it's a small room in contents, it's already self-ending. Yeah. So we don't have that super dark smoke load. Um, so he's, he's like, this is awesome to train in because when we get out to the real thing, mm-hmm. even when you are pushing in, if, if it is room in contents, yeah, it's going to be pretty dark. If it is um, self-ending, he says, yeah, this is easy. Like you can see everything. Like we go back down to that tuckle yeah. the fire. Like it was rolling smoke, yeah. but it was also pushing out the top. So, like visibility wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah as soon as it starts self venting, like I said, as soon as you add a little bit of suppression, and and the ventilation just flows so nice, it's mm-hmm. all in full pass, and yeah. then you can hydraulically vent it, and boom, it's it's so much more visible. Yeah, it's nice. So that was kind of my side. So that crew, once we were done, popped over to the other side, and mm-hmm. then we got the three that were over there. Yeah. So like we went from having like six where there's guys everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and they would rotate through. So one, one time on the nozzle, one is backup, one is door, one is uh, captain. Mm-hmm. So we did a bunch of rotations there while these other guys, which were a little bit more of, um, an intermix, but a bit more of the rookie side. So those three came, came over, um, and kind of the same, same thing. Like they're like, Oh, like we've got this pinch point. And I've only got two two people in there. I don't really have a captain. So like, well, somebody's got to be the lead and they ain't going to be the guy in the nozzle. So the backup person is going to be the lead. You're going to have a guy in the door. And now as soon as they got to the corner, they were already getting a bit of a, a yeah. kink, right? So 
when one of the rookies was at the door, they're like, like, what's the easiest way that I could do this? I'm like, well, how far in is that is that second door? He's like, oh, it's whatever. Like, I, I can, you know, touch it. It's there. <laughs> if I stretch out, I can almost touch it. I'm like, yeah, like, I do not want you in the other room, but you can absolutely go from the door to door and help cycle that, that hose in. And I said, like, give them extra. Like, there's nothing stopping you from building up a like a, a big cache Absolutely. in inside of that yeah. uh, second door, so they they have free free room to move, mm-hmm. and you can watch that. And as that extra hose diminishes, you can go back in and push push more. And so he's oh, okay, sweet. So that guy was working probably the hardest again. So the door guy turned out to be you know the hardest worker there. Um, and that's you know like you said, it's it's mastering the basics, right? And that's such a simple little thing to make mm-hmm. life so much easier for that crew. Sure. So if you sit there and and feed that hose. With that picture we we've already built on the scene, like like we just talked about this with Rit with our guys yeah. last week, like do your own size. If you know this house is approximately this size by this size, so you already know how much hose you're probably going to be needing. Yeah. So you know where your crew is. Well, I'm going to feed them 15 extra feet. That's probably going to be lots. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And then by knowing that, you still know exactly how far they're in. Because hey, I just pushed in an extra 15 feet. They were 20 feet in. Boom. Right. Yeah. I got 35, and away you go. Mm-hmm. Good. So that worked out really well. And the fewer people on that team actually made it work faster. Yeah. It was harder work, but they got that task done quicker rather than getting extra manpower in there. You know, so it kind of comes back to like when it's a large building, mm-hmm. you know, the extra manpower makes things a lot safer and pro- probably a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Where in this one, um, like we used the extra guys, but it actually slowed the process down. Yeah, right. So when they only had the three, it was okay. Like, you know, let's, let's do this here real time. Yeah. Um, like, what can I do? Well, you, you, you're not just glued to the door. Yeah. You can, you're the door guy, but you're also, you can flip right. back and you can be a lot more valuable than just being a lump at the door. You know, that door guy, <clears throat> I know when we first introduced it as like, Hey, you're the door guy. And they're like, it was almost like introducing the writ. Originally introducing the writ. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like man, I guess with the door, what bullshit is this? <laughs> yeah, but then now people are actually, uh, and I've noticed actually more senior guys are embracing it. Mm-hmm. Cause more senior guys are like, well, I've I've been in a lot of fires and I want to go. I like, you know, I'll let they, I'll let those guys do all the hard work, dragging that like mm-hmm. push nose in. But you know, I can still be very valuable to sure. be yeah. on this door. So I noticed guys like Grant and Matt, yeah. and senior guys who are really switched on, they will take over door control yeah. and they'll they'll happily feed hose in. And know what's going on in there, because like I, we test them every day. I tested them down at the search building. So how many, how many guys got in there? Like four. And how, how far are they? One of our guys is like, set it in meters. I'm like meters. <laughs> it's like we're in Canada, aren't we? I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm like, <laughs> go like feet. He's like, we're not, we're not American. <laughs> one of our Russian friends is meters. <laughs> he's like, we're, we're. Nice. <laughs> so he's like, wait, he's like, he's telling me meters, like meters. I'm like, all right, thank you. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's re- it's really cool watching that progression of that door control being like. To now, guys are using it all the time, and sure. even on mm-hmm. some fire, some fires have been on. When you when you push in, I've seen them like right away. Someone takes their door control, and they they don't swap out. They just sit there. And yeah. Push it anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a super important role. Like you said in the beginning, everybody's like, "Oh shit, I'm kind of bummed out. I'm stuck at the door. Yeah. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not useful. You know, I'm just holding this door closed. Yeah. No, no there, there's a lot to it. Like, or door open, depending on yeah. what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's part of it, right? So stay switched on. So when you hear them say, "Hey, we're hydraulically venting," you yeah. know. 
look for that smoke, see what it's doing. Okay, yeah. look, I feel the, the hose flowing steadily now. Yeah. Okay, I see a bit of in drop, open that door. Yeah. yeah. And then you boom your full path and you clear that right. mm-hmm. fast. Because we've done lots of training evolutions where you know you're shouting back, hey yeah, we're inventing, open the door. Guys sitting there, not listening, not paying attention, and right. you're getting no smoke movement. Sure. So it's it's a very important role. Yeah. So that I think I think that side went really, really well. Um, you know, again, it was just like hammering those basics, like like really drilling that in. Um, back to that, like getting that doorman to to relay the info. Kind of the, the funny one back was I asked one of our guys. It was one of our our newer guys. I'm like, how far in were they? And he's like, ah, oh, about halfway. I'm like, halfway to what? He's like, oh. I'm like, an easy way to tell. So how many lengths of hose do we have off of our truck? He says three. How how long is the length of hose? 50 feet. Well, of the first length, how far in are they? He's like, oh, yeah, they're probably about 35 feet in. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. So that gives me a good reference of how much hose is in. Yeah. Now, again, if, if you have that bit of a cache, like you might be saying there's 35 feet of hose in there. They may only be in 25, yeah. but that's yeah. still okay, right? Yeah. Like you're still getting yeah, that picture, exact, right? It's just like, yeah, full far. Yeah. You just want to know, okay, like they're a length and a half in. Perfect. That gives me that visual yeah. of how far in they are. And if something happens, how far in we're going to have to send a team back in for yeah. for those guys, right? Well, you also look like we were, when our search building, our search building uh, was pretty long, like I said. And the initial, the initial guys, um, we only put two inch hose on each line. Mm-hmm. So they were actually running low on hose as they're going. And the door, the door guy's like, hey, um, you guys got like five feet of hose left. Right. And then they're like, oh, we got like, we're, we're not at the end of our search yet. <laughs> 20 feet of hole, or yeah. search left. Maybe. So then they had to come up with some options. Okay, do we tie a, they, they didn't have to do this because luckily, like, I guess luckily or unluckily for the train, um, the dummy was like, r- one team literally was like, Dunk! as our hose pulled tight, then mm-hmm. you found the dummy. Nice, yeah. But if they had to go farther, I was actually curious to see what they do. Were they going to ask for more hose to be attached, which means they had to go back out? Yeah. Would they uh, tie their, um, tie their, um, um, rescue strap on the bale and then tie another rescue strap on the bale so that would give you another 20 more feet yeah you know like and then now you're now you're on this but then what if you're under the fire <laughs> it's like yeah comes the other gong show right so yeah it was, it was it was good having that door guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I think like you said like you know really master those basics like when you're talking back just just advancing the hose line is nozzle and sounding the floor mm-hmm. with the clamp method. He said, like, that's, that's kind of my go-to now. Like, that's sure. that, the whole nozzle forward technique that we've all yeah. kind of learned over the years mm-hmm. and doing that because it's, one, it's more comfortable. It's easier sure to drag is. the hose. You mm-hmm. can cover a lot of ground fast. Yep. You know, you're still down a little bit lower. And, you know, like we always said, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be your go-to depending on, on your height of your yeah, thermal layer. Uh, right? What I also noticed is when I was showing the guys different search methods, um, you know, because back in the day, I didn't, I didn't know the nozzle forward methods of the clamp slide. So mm-hmm. um, I actually showed them. I said, you know, with a, with a clamp slide method, is like we I pin my foot, my my outrigger foot into the wall. Mm-hmm. Put I put my knee on the hose and I put my outrigger hand on the ground. Yeah, I'm like I'm actually covering like Absolutely. nine feet of distance a right now. Pretty big wingspan there. So yeah. they're like, and then, yeah, basically I can cover a whole hallway by myself. Mm-hmm. Push down a whole hallway, like an average standard hallway. I easily push down a hallway. Yeah. Um, even a bigger hallway, I can almost cover the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and that's just it, right? Then you can use your foot to sound things. You can use your 
your head as you're yeah. moving. Um, like there's just there's well, your body weight's also distributed backwards, backwards yeah, rather than backwards. In yeah. case yeah, yeah that was a, a really big talking point. There was you know again like if you're if you're doing that like leaning forward or whatever, mm-hmm. like I, I would hate to see anybody ever try try to advance a hose on all fours. Um, but all of your weight is leaning forward. Yeah. So this way, like the only weight is what you're putting down on that front front mm-hmm. foot when you sound it. So it's very, very minimal weight forward. Everything's backwards. And if you were for whatever reason to, to fall, your your weight is naturally gonna fall back away from whatever's collapsing. Is it gonna save you? I don't know, but is the like the chance of or the risk probability is a lot less when you're in that that rearward leaning position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the spread out is, is yeah. important because then the uh, backup person, even if you do fall in a hole, the backup person can correct can come help you instead yeah, of absolutely. both you falling in the hole. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and part of that too, like remember back in the day, like it was like, oh, you have to be nuts to box. Oh. So you got to be mm-hmm. touching the person spread out. There's a, there's a time and place to be closer yeah. and mm-hmm. in contact. But also when we talk about searches and stuff and advancing hose lines, you know the 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 ways of of staying in touch with your crew is vision, no mm-hmm. touch, and sound, like yeah. your voice. Yeah. And so if you need to come off that hold on, hey, Ash, I'm stop. I'm gonna uh, do a quick little search here. Looks like I got a room here. I'm just gonna step off the line. Okay, yeah. copy that. You know, you do a couple sweeps. Yeah. Boom, back on it because we're sure. still in contact that way. Mm-hmm. So, which is big because a lot of people think, oh, I I have to keep that hand on something or somebody yeah. at all times. Yeah. So again, it's, it's teaching that situational awareness to the newer people as we go through these evolutions is, is huge. Right. Sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that that was basically our side. So we we ran through that a ton, and then uh, Rob on the other side. So in our large forty foot sea can, uh, we've got a roof prop on sort of the back twenty feet of it, adjacent to the burn room our our Swede. So. Uh, on, right over the vent hole. It's like like right over the, our roof vent. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're gonna um, have the smoke coming up. Correct. Right. So, and the heat. Like, it's, <laughs> the it's, it's hot. Yeah, it's yeah. Because that's right where that's right, that's the vent hole for uh, to get it to get the fire to have oxygen. Well, you know, you yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So we cut that hole. So mm-hmm. that's what when it starts to darken down and there's too much more teach a live fire, especially for the first um, cold, for start. The cold start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as soon as it gets too dark, you can't and you're trying to. Show hey, this is you're trying to show a rollover. You can't see it through the smoke, yeah, so I'll, I'll open that roof vent up, and it'll 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 feed enough oxygen that yeah. the smoke will clear, smoke will lift, and then we can also see the see the fire. And it starts um, that river of fire starts mm-hmm. coming towards that roof vent. Yeah. So yeah, so that roof prop is sitting right over the roof vent, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, roof prop, we can adjust the angle yeah. of pitch. Um, it's got two. Like, it's a melded, what, a so it's welded like metal frame. A welded metal frame, and then we've got two four by four, um, like plywood. Sorry, screwed yeah. to it. Um, so that's we kind of leave that base there, and then we screw on like patches to cut. Right. So you can cut out like a, a large base hole, and then as you cut through that, you screw on top of that another patch to cut, and then right. another patch. Because it's a lot easier, obviously, to you can anchor the main sheet to yeah, yeah. the metal, and then these ones you just tack in. Yeah, uh, it's screw everything into the metal yeah. again. Yeah. So it's uh, really quick to uh, to swap out on the fly. Mm-hmm. So Rob's deal there was um, 
probably some stolen dirt bike. Yeah, Awesome. So Rob, Rob's crew, um, they had a hose line over there. They had chainsaw. Um, they had the irons. Uh, they had a New York bar if they wanted it. Uh, thermal camera as well. Um, a regular extension ladder and a roof ladder. Nice. Uh, so their task was basically they were going to go up there and vent the roof less for vertical ventilation, more for overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had extension into the attic space. The interior team had already got a knock on the fire, but it's going to be faster rather than trying to gain access from the inside mm-hmm. to gain access from the roof. So up in Canada, we're, we're not big on the vertical vent, throwing, yeah. throwing guys on top of a rock and structure fire. Yeah. Um, if you need a vertical vent, it's probably going to do it on its own. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, you're going to see a lot of roof ops head, head south of the border. <laughs> sure. You know, and there is a time, time and a place, like, I absolutely oh, sure, get it. Yeah. However, like, the point of this was you've got a knock on the fire. Um, they're still actioning the fire, but there was some extension to the attic space. So let's let's right. get a team up there and let's uh, cut an access hole and start, start to use some overhaul uh, from the outside via the roof. Yeah, um, yeah so it was... They had their their team of uh, three or more, so obviously somebody to foot the ladder. Uh, they would throw up the roof ladder, get the hook set on the uh, pitch of the roof, um, throw some manpower up on the roof. Either one person would stay on the extension ladder or would hop up there with them. Uh, you can bed in your uh, halligan as an as an extra foothold yeah. if you need somewhere where you have to kind of come off come off ladder a bit. It was definitely, it was slippery as shit up there. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, real, depending on your, your type of roof too. And, well, I mean, the second half was pouring rain, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was really wet. We were obviously hydraulically venting, so they were getting sprayed. Um, so there was a lot of moisture in the air. Uh, so safety was key, uh, and, you know, the guys worked really, really well. Uh, there was a couple of hiccups along the way, but everything flowed, flowed through per, you know, pretty naturally. It was good. And it's not something that we hammer on a lot, so... Um, that side was definitely a lot slower. Yeah. It was more like, hey, let's talk through this. We have a handful of guys that are, you know, 100% dialed. The guy would think nothing of putting them up there. Right. Uh, and then the rest of the crew, um, I would say for, for lack of like personal knowledge on how comfortable they are, yeah. uh, it, it was nice to see um, some, some of these guys go through the cycle, um, of, you know, getting up there, getting the saw running. We do have a Milwaukee electric, uh, which works like a hot dam. Oh, it works. Um, <laughs> and then the guy's saturated with water. And oh, is that why it works? Yes, yeah. Oh, it's, it works. it's working perfectly. Okay. Yeah, so it just got a little bit too, a bag of rice, too wet. <laughs> we literally, by, by the time we got back to the fire hall, it was working. Again. Yeah. No, so, those Milwaukee things are great. I know some guys are like, ah, it's like a little toy to me. I can't, I like the power of the engine. It's like, mm-hmm. I like the fact we can just turn it on and run it, and it runs. Yeah. And that we have the, we have the gas powered ones as a backup. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, those batteries last like oh, more than enough to chop a hole Yeah, and it's actually quieter, so you can talk to each other. Yep. Um, you don't have to try to like. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. As long as you got a good chain, like it's yeah. cut through the shingles, usually pretty easy. Yep. Yeah. Anything else. Yeah. So I Rob, mean, Rob's got us a heck of a. Yeah, nice. Like thing. overall chain, like it's yeah. carbide tip or whatever. Yeah, um, awesome chain. But yeah, that that out of all the stuff we've done, probably since maybe water rescue. Water rescue is probably the most dangerous mm-hmm. training we do because uh, because we do swift water rescue. 
And like I always say, the river you can't shut off. It just yeah, it's relentless, right? That's what they yeah. say. So you, if you have a bad training in the river, it could go really badly. Yeah. Um, but I think the other most dangerous thing we do is, is roof venting. Yeah. yeah. Especially on this particular, because this one was like, hey, we're doing, we're not just roof venting. We're roof venting with, uh, we're, up on, we're, we're not on a ground, uh, on the ground. Ground prop, yeah. The prop is now on a building. Uh-huh. Um, it's raining. We're actually flowing water. There's a fire actually going underneath. There's dudes working below you. They're hydraulically venting. So you're on a CBA because there's smoke everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's dark because we're training at night. So out of all the training we've done, it's probably one of the more dangerous sessions. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, and like, actually, there's a few times where we were like, oh, we had to pull a couple safety um, things because we were getting a little unsafe. But it was like, we pushed the guys, um, because it's, we pushed them a little bit beyond their comfort level because in reality, most fires happen at night. <laughs> yeah. um, right now it's winter. It's going to be a slippery roof. Um, so we, we train to the, the worst kind of environment mm-hmm. while still being slow and methodical with the training. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have to have your FCB on. You're not going to be able to be like, oh, I don't want to wear my FCBA. Well, if there's a fire underneath, then you're going to be on it. Gonna be on yeah. it. And yeah. if it's raining, well, the fire doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's still raining. So yeah. there's all these things. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a little unsafe. Or not unsafe. It's a it's definitely a, a less safe drill than even the, even your live fire on the other sure. end. Yeah. Guys going into a burn building, that's more safe <laughs> than the guys being, on the roof. Yeah. No, I'd still say it's very safe. It's, it's just, safe, yeah. It's, it's it's just, just, because I mean it's a steel burn building yeah. and the steel shot. Like it's totally yeah. solid that way. It's not yeah. like Oh, I'm not saying that it's gonna collapse. No, it's, it's more like the slip it, and fall, the yeah, chainsaw. The and the, and the, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. definitely out of all the training we've done, it was definitely more of the higher level like yeah. you had to be switched on and do it and agreed. It is still basics. It's still yep. basically yep. for a roof ladder, basic mm-hmm. Super chainsaw cool. work, basic chopping a roof, but it's all together now. Mm-hmm. And SCBA. Yeah. In the dark. <laughs> and the other thing with the chainsaw is too, anybody ever operated a chainsaw, you know, you're sticking the, the tip of the saw down through the roof. What starts kicking back and bucking is always the tip of the saw, right? Yeah. yeah. So the tip of the bar. Um, and so if you're, if you're not solid on running a saw good mm-hmm. and making sure it's got that good bite and pull, right. that's when it starts bucking being a bitch right yeah and there was a bit of that and you know like we had a bit of a you know debrief as we always do after 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 every training sim um and you know we offered we said hey like obviously there's some people that don't have a lot of hands on um it's tough on a thursday night training scenario to say Mm -hmm. tonight we are going to train on saw yeah we only have a handful of so how can you make that a training scenario so we extended hey like i'm available Rob said he was available. I'm sure Scott, like all of us, would throw a couple hours on a Saturday or on a Sunday, mm-hmm. go on down. We can take our prop off the roof because it is uh, mobile. You can put it down on on the ground yeah. and just do a whole bunch of reps of you know just going through it and making cuts, and then you're you know right on the ground. So it, mm-hmm. it's slack. Yeah, mm. oh, that's 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 huge. Yeah, so everything went really really well. Um, it's nice when you can say during your uh, debrief that like there was some major learn, you know, learning moments for everybody there. Um, I think it went great. It was actually kind of cool coming around because like I said, I got to show up and watch some training. So when I came around and I, I, I probably going to send some film mm-hmm. posted on our site, but um, to watch the guys push in and then walk around the back and then watch the roof prop being used. And then I'm standing there with the camera and then I hear Ash say venting. I'm like, what are you guys venting? And then I see the window open, I'm like, oh, they're venting, like right by where, where I'm standing. So now there's this column of 
of steam and smoke pouring out of the uh, venting window while the guys mm-hmm. are still working on the roof trying to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool because like, everything's kind of working together. Yeah. Um, and one thing we actually did try, um, it was just yes. more of a thing I wanted to try because, you know, we, we don't ventilate, a, like I said, we don't, like we said, we don't ventilate a roof very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, what if we're in a building, and again, what, what, all the what ifs, but I, I just like to, we like to experiment because we have a burn building. Yeah. Chop a hole in the roof and then use the, the uh, vent hole as our hydraulic ventilation. Oh yeah. So <laughs> the guys actually, they vertically hydraulically ventilated. <laughs> out of, and it worked awesome. Like it there was a column so of cool. this yeah, tower yeah. of freaking smoke pouring out. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. Like basically we just enhanced that, the, yeah. the vertical ventilation with the hydraulic ventilation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it worked great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had on, on the last rotation, once the guys were off of the roof, uh, I sent the last crew in. I'm like, Hey, I want you guys to go in there. Uh, do everything normally, action the fire, and then try to vent through the roof. And uh, man, it was it looked really, really sweet. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the size of that hole. Is it like a it's one and great. a half or two by two? Or yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. very big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not a super big ventilation, but yeah. You know. And they try to hit trying to hit the hole right? above that <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they probably they barely barely had it on a fog yeah. fog pattern at all. Um, but it was, but it was yeah, yeah, it was enough, but yeah, it was just, obviously shit's going up anyway. Yeah, yeah, so it's just an extra force and just pushing it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they cleared that building up pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you t- take that setting into a real structure. Mm-hmm. No, you're probably not going to have it, if that was your option. Right? Yeah. Just, just yeah. saying. Well, what I was actually thinking the other day was okay, so that's not a very common, like, it's not very common we go on the roof kind yeah. of hole, but it's very common to find a skylight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, you can smash the skylight. Smash the skylight and do and do ventilation to the skylight. Yeah, because right? yeah. why? Why a lot easier? Because now you don't have all your your wires and your insulation and the drywall. Yeah, that's right. Shit in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the reason why people have a skylight in there in in certain areas is because they don't have windows. <laughs> yeah. they have a skylight given given yeah. uh, light from from yeah. their area, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's an option. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is we don't have to. I drove a vent out a window. We could have drove a vent and they sent like a window. It's a skylight. Yeah. <laughs> Just a window in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's the thing. That's when you have your own burn barrel like that, like yeah. being able to play yeah. is just, yeah. is so informative, right? Like yeah. just having sure. it just reinforces yeah. the techniques and what's actually happening. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on another note, we actually did some, uh, and we're going to do it again this week. We trained mm-hmm. with the, uh, one of the departments from the North. They came out again. Right. Um, they come down quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and this time around, we we kind of did what you guys did without the. I mean, basically, we did a wall ceiling wall, and a uh, quick search. Right. So what we've been doing over the last few months, um, it was interesting because most of our guys are senior guys, like guys have been around for a while. They haven't seen this technique before. Um, they've seen the wall ceiling wall. Um, they knew about hydraulic. They've done hydraulic ventilation. Actually, they're training captain or captain. I don't know if he's a training captain. He asked me if we could do hydraulic ventilation. Right. So I said, oh yeah, the, the scenario, the drill I have in mind, we'll have that plus, plus, plus sponges. Yeah. So um, it's interesting watching a department that doesn't do it regularly and kind of embrace it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at first they were kind of like, I was demonstrating what I wanted them to do and they were kind of like, well, I said, yeah, so we're going to wall ceiling the wall, push down, hit it again. I said, if you can flow and move, do it. If not, just every... Four or five feet. I want you to yeah. cool that, cool the gases. So you know, because some departments aren't used to um, moving while 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 spraying. Yeah. Um, so I got them to do that. Got them to get down to the uh, and basically align themselves with the door that they wanted to search. 
and kind of the scenario I told them, because they're trying to like, they're trying to wrap their head around why they would do this. I said, well, okay, so you're in like a, a split level house that we have around here. Mm. The back end of that structure is just ripping. Um, but you know there's a kid's bedroom here. You haven't been able to access it for VIS. So now this is like reverse VIS. They're like, okay. So now they're getting it. I'm like, okay, so this is the scenario. So you can't actually action the fire down at the end of the hallway. The best you can do is keep it at bay with, with your hose line. Mm. And then you send your search thing in to find the child. Like, okay, I get it now. So so now once they, once they kind of wrap their head around what I wanted them to do, that's why we weren't hitting the fire directly. We were just hitting, hitting the wall. Mm. So they push down and line themselves up at the door. The nozzle person pushes slightly past the door. Then their two um, searchers went in. And they, they understood right away. I said, I want you guys to go in and isolate that room, just like a VIS. So they would go in, and every time, they'd slam the door shut, use the thermal camera, find the patient. And by the time the nozzle operator did a few wall ceiling walls, he, and then so I began to do is I began to cool the fire, mm-hmm. and then hydraulic event, cool the fire, hydraulic event, back and forth. I stayed up there with them because they were kind of by themselves. Because that's the way that, that's what we teach it. Like they're you're kind of isolated. You're, you're the nozzle operator. You're by yourself in the hallway, right? But you're also only like even though the door's closed, mm-hmm. you're really technically only three feet away from your partner. Yeah, you're not. You're, yeah, you're yeah. not for all intents and purposes. You're not by yourself. You, you're you got your anchor point. Yeah. You're doing your job. Yeah, and then you know you know somebody's right on the other side of this like thin door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the other team would come out. As soon as he's, you know, he gets a couple of rounds of that, they pop back out. They're like, we got the patient. They've already put the patient on the window. I said, you can all go out the window or just for scenario's sake, let's put the patient on the window and then you guys come out and then you guys withdraw. As you know, you didn't find a patient. You've searched, you did a really quick secondary search. Now you withdraw back and you're back at the building. And they did it. Like, I want to say they did it like six times. Mm -hmm. And there's very few, like, um, Bad teachable moments. There's always like, hey, just try this, do that, do that. Right. Of course, but, yeah. Yeah, it worked really well. But that that enforces all the basics that we preach about too. Like, this. so it's it's enforcing the quick fire attack, cooling the environment, getting rid of the gases, isolating a room if you found it in case mm-hmm. one, in case there's a patient in there too, in case you now need a safe zone yeah. if something goes down. Yeah. So you're doing all these multiple things that enforces right. it all. Mm-hmm. And I, actually, what I was doing, and again, um, because I've I was kind of, I was watching over them, but after the first few, I, I could see they were, they knew what they were doing. So I was kind of, again, I was experimenting. I was, um, I was seeing actually how much gas cooling is done just with another wall. So, so I'd stand up and put my hand on the thermal air mm-hmm. before they cooled. So I'm like, ah, like burning my hand because it's like thermal air super hot. And then as soon as they wall see the wall cool that, cool that layer, I could feel the temperature change and lift a little bit. Right. And then it would come back down as they pushed, and then they lifted again, and then pushed, and then they lifted, and then they hydraulic the event, and then it would lift a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was it's, it's interesting feeling the heat level changes, mm-hmm. depending on what they're doing with the nozzle. Something you don't normally have to do because absolutely, and again, that reinforces the newer people learning those techniques of why we're doing it yeah. and yeah. understanding how that that heat and those those gases, what we're doing with it, it's going to have a slight disruption, but then it's going to clear and get better. Yeah. And, push it out right yeah. awesome yeah it sounds like a really good really good training event mm-hmm. good yeah. glad, they, glad they got a lot out of it yeah they're coming in this week yeah beauty mm-hmm. um any more to add there no i think that was it for the week okay yeah um yeah for us we just did uh our second evolution of uh of the scenario so we, i taught again 
Uh, the other group went out and did the ice rescue. So this week, I'm going to go out and do the ice rescue. Yeah, not much ice left yeah. to rescue. It actually worked. <laughs> so it sounded like it was the, the first week, a couple weeks ago, uh, there was still really thick ice. They got yeah. out on the bench. Uh, they, they only went in, were able to go in the hole that we already had. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried walking way out and breaking through, but it was too solid. Right. And this evolution, everything was breaking through. Oh. So they used their bana- the banana boat, went out, and uh, and got guys in a lot more realistic and challenging. Yeah, that's really the reason why you're going out into the ice. Absolutely, right? Yeah. And yeah. even pushing the banana boat out and using the paddle to try and push along the ice, it was Just thick enough, the, the paddle couldn't really push or break through to paddle. So then you'd put a foot out there to try and scooch, and your foot would break through. Yeah. So it was oh, a yeah. real son of a bitch to get yeah. out to them. Sure. Uh, you see those, uh, those races they do in Quebec City? Then like the river, and they have like a big ass longboat, and the guys are like hanging off the side of the boat, and they're they're going over the ice. You ever see that? No. Go watch it afterwards. I, I can't remember what it's called. It's crazy. Like they're like basically half in the boat, half out the boat, but it's like all half like frozen ice. Oh yeah. And they're just they're going over these ice things. It's like it's I think it's like it's based on like when the fur traders were around, right? Because they'd have to. Oh yeah. They go over these the ice rivers. Hmm. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it sounded like it was way more realistic. Nice. Um, and then with this little bit of a cold snap we've had again through the evening, sounds like yeah. nice. It'll be okay again. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to go out there and do some of the ice rescue stuff. Nice. And I'll, I'll try and get a couple of pictures and videos of it again. Cool. So, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's um, wrap that up and move on to some shout outs. Sure. Um, Scott. Motus. Motus. Yeah. Uh, the home of the snagger tool, Motus. Um, <laughs> Snagger tool, door wedges, um, what's the thing called? The pocket organizer, yeah. um, the K tool, not the K tool, the nope. hangman tool. What's <laughs> <laughs> that thing called actually? J tool. The J yeah, tool. The J tool. It's, it's shaped like a J. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to hang out. Let's hang out. Let's see you are going to get it. Let me get a hangman. The little guys don't hang out with you. Yeah, a bunch of uh, the, uh, the Lloyd tool. Yeah. Lots of different cool cool things. Um, obviously, the videos they have now for us and for um, the other guys. Yeah, the, yeah, the Moda CV stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome production. Um, if you're interested in getting uh, the standard tool or any of the other items, uh, DTFF5, we just packed that up. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stop the bleed. Ash. Stop the bleed. Uh, you got your three uh, methods of bleeding control. You're going to do uh, direct pressure. Um, wound packing and a tourniquet and then another one if that doesn't work um, make sure you have a good tourniquet and make sure it's out of the wrapper um, or, or buy 10 like one of the guys at the yeah. fire hall the other day said I bought 10 on Wish I'm like yeah just like, I stack think, them all he's like well I got 10 of them so one breaks I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> I'm like as long as you have one I'm like yeah it's like having something is better than nothing but try sure. to get something good <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Uh, so if you want to learn about training with Stop the Bleed, um, hop on our YouTube. Um, these guys put out a uh, basically a full full course that you can yeah. watch. Uh, there's some sims that you that you can watch them run through as well. Um, if you go onto the website, you can search your area and see if there's any training available. Um, if you have the training and you want to become an instructor, uh, you can figure that out on there as well. Yep. Um, yeah, and what is that? StopTheBleed.org. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, or dot or dot ca or dot ca. Yeah, either one. Perfect. Uh, Manscape. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scott's got most of the uh, Manscape. Scott. Manscape. 
Uh, what's what's your say about Manscaped? <laughs> We've been posting a lot of videos about it lately. Yeah. Um, actually, at the beginning of this episode, you will have heard um, Mr. Marshall Bass. Yeah. Um, giving his uh, giving the Australian version of the Manscaped. Yep. Yeah, he's great. Just I asked him out of the blue, like, "Hey, can you do a do a little ad read for us? Like, whatever you want, mate." <laughs> so, banged it off in like twenty minutes. <laughs> it's yeah, nice. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. So um, if you, I mean. Which is, is it still the month for firefighter? It is, yep. yeah. Still in the month, yeah. yeah. So that the, the area of the groin is, is one of the main, um, you know, there's, there's certain areas on your body that all, that kind of collect those carcinogens, when, especially when you're in fire gear, and that's one of them. So keeping that area clean and neat is, uh, is important. Um, as, as it said in the battery, you don't want your groin to smell like a, an Australian bushfire. <laughs> <laughs> so, which... I'm not gonna try to gross anybody out. I've now that I've had the manscaping done, <laughs> I've definitely noticed coming back from live fire the other day. I was like, it's quite nice. <laughs> oh god, it's got way too many visuals. Man. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is true, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping that area tidy, um, it's a lot easier to wash afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, you know, with the manscape product. Um, you know, much less chance of uh, nicking, uh, bleeding. Um, it, it, which is very important. <laughs> which is very, very important. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, using uh, some of the products afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they got the uh, crop rejuvenator. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it's called? Crop reviver. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Works, you know, really, really well. The ball toner. The ball toner. The ball, the yeah. ball toner. Um, you know, keeps everything fresh. Make your balls not look like Mr. Burns. That's right. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. yeah. But yeah, like uh, uh, lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. Lawnmower four point oh. Yeah. Yep. And then the weed the weed, weed whacker. whacker. Uh, yeah. Other they have a beer trimmer now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've never heard much about that. I, I mm -hmm. actually heard that at Rogan the other day. Um, and I was gonna look at it through our, through our side through our section. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, check it out. Uh, DTFF twenty gives you twenty percent off and free shipping, as Marshall Bass said yep. earlier. Um, hook it up. Uh, use that code. There's, I mean, you can use any of the other podcast codes out there, but let's use ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helps us out. Um, show sure. Manscaped that we're actually somewhat listened to, I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it helps uh, get the ads out there. It gets the gets the buys. Yeah, yeah, and like we said, you know, like we, we only talk about products that we really like and that we get behind. And Manscaped's been great for partnering with them, and they're helping us mm -hmm. out. And uh, we'll definitely do our share to um, to pump, pump their product. We really enjoy it. Yeah, and like Scott said, you know, the start of the par partnership here during uh, Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, we were actually speaking with them prior to the new year. Um, and this just lined up perfectly. So um, it's a heck of a month to start. Uh, we would definitely appreciate anybody to hop on there. If uh, if you haven't already uh, and you've been thinking about buying something, this is the time to do it. Yeah, um, yeah hop on there, use that discount code. Your balls awesome. will thank you for it. They will. Your balls will thank you for it. Mm -hmm. That's actually what's on my shirt. Yep, that's what it says. <laughs> awesome. All right, um, what else we got? We got um, uh, Dr. Nick Sparrow. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Nick Sparrow. Um, um, RTAC and ATAC uh, group out of um, the Kootenays, Nelson area. Um, we, we've been up there a couple times when we went up there for the ATAC conference. Mm 
um, ATACC ATAC. Um, and then you guys went back up there for the RTAC. Yeah. Um, I think you can send me a couple more guys. Yeah. 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 Sweet. It's a great course. Yeah. That that was like, I've done a lot of, uh, had pre hospital emergency Mm -hmm. kind of medical slash fire courses and stuff. And, and that one was the most fun I had. The most informative, the most realistic with the high fidelity sims. That, that seems like that's kind of the key is it's, they, they make it like really good training and then really good realistic sims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of that Armageddon sim that you guys always chat about at the end. Yeah, which I think is what we like so much because we do very similar. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's the key is to make these sims like nuts. Like, yeah. Like realistically nuts. Like, sure. And, you know, one of our new captains, um, uh-huh. he asked, he wanted, we wanted to do something the other day, and I said, we still have to make it somewhat realistic. Because, <laughs> you know, because like, I'm like, yeah, the sim has to be a little bit, like, we can't, we can't make it super hard, like, super crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like, ridiculous. It was just a little bit farther than... Um, would normally push it. Yeah, would yeah. normally be realistic. So, you got to have the achievable goals, right? Yeah, yeah. so I think the, the idea with these uh, sims are always like, um, it has to be winnable, unless mm-hmm. it's meant to be losable. Like it, it has to be like we have to win, um, in some way. Like in an MCI scenario, yeah, you're probably gonna have some people die because yeah. that's just the nature of the MCI. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna have some expected people that you're not gonna be able to save, but that's because it's MCI. Yeah. But it shouldn't be like you roll up in the truck and suddenly the whole the whole bus explodes and everyone dies because you were you know you you. Yeah. You, you took too long to park the truck. Unless you literally took 20 minutes to park the truck. Yeah. Then maybe everybody dies. But if you pull up and boom, I'm already dead. You're all dead. It's like, what? <laughs> like, that is not a way to do a realistic yeah. sim. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's one thing about these realistic sims is they have to be winnable and something that is realistically could happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think all of Dr. Nick's were, like, maybe it was a chainsaw one. I think one of them won. Yeah. There's a chainsaw, there's a car accident, there's a shooting, shootings, there's mm-hmm. an opiate uh, yeah. cause yeah. scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So he's got the um, an online portion of the RTAC course right now that you can sign up for. Um, and they walk you through um, most of all of the scenarios, all of the uh, learnable moments. Uh, and then on the back end of that, there there will be some hands-on uh, mm-hmm. live live sims as well. Um, so hop on um, uh, the ATAC group's website there, uh, find the RTAC link, and see if you can sign up for uh, that course. Right. As an instructor, you can go on and demo that um, in the past. I, I don't know where exactly it sits now, but um, we're gonna have to have a chat with, with uh, him again yeah. and see uh, what kind of what, what stage that's in. But an amazing course. Um, if you can get there in person, absolutely, that's always going to be the best. Um, so yeah, Dr. Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner Olson, Scott. Tanner Olson, country music out of West Coast of Canada. He's, uh, I think he's playing in Alberta or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely out there more. Um, he's going to be coming to seminar, yeah. which we are having this year. Mm-hmm. May yeah. 4th, 5th, 6th. Yeah. That's right. Firepalooza. Yeah. Firepalooza. Check that out on our on our Facebook page, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Not not our DTFF page on our on the fire department page on the Oliver Fire Department uh, page. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Looking forward to that. That's that's really good. It's been a couple of years because of COVID and everything, so it's, it's yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we've we've had a, a really good response uh, from from the time that we shared that uh, it was going to be happening again. Lots lots of people have been 
you know, obviously waiting for years now. So it goes off. It's just an awesome experience. Um, you know, we have everything is hands on. There's basically zero classroom. Uh, there might be some like small teaching moments, but everything's hands on. Um, we've got a banquet that's always awesome food, some quick awards from the day. Uh, we have this party in the park where Tan Tanner Olson Brown's going to come yeah. and play. Uh, we open it up to the public, so there could be 200 to 500 people coming. Um, awesome event. And then, uh, you know, again, the next day, um, some, some more hand hands-on training. Uh, it's a Friday, Saturday, su Sunday event. Uh, there's no certificate at the end of this, but it's an awesome, like tips and tricks, just getting in there, quick hour-long sessions, uh, lots of exposure uh, to, to many, many things that, you know, you may not have the opportunity to do uh, locally. Um, definitely not the opportunity to do them in such rapid succession. Mm -hmm. So having all of those hands-on experiences, um, you know, over the course of a weekend is awesome. Awesome. Uh, then, of course, you have us. So... Uh... Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok, mm -hmm. Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. So really appreciate uh, any comments. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, and uh, yeah, just send us any messages if you have any questions, and we'll do our best to get back to you and go from there. Yeah. Um, any more for any more guys? No, sir. Ash? All right. Scott? Nope. Look at that ice canoeing. Ice canoeing. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. As Thank always, you. stay safe, stay DCFF. Right.